You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. A rock was cut out, but not by human hands. It struck the statue on its feet of iron and clay and smashed them, and the whole thing comes tumbling down. The rock cut out, but not by human hands, is Christ. The interpretation of the dream, Neb, you're the head of gold. You're the king of Babylon. And boy, he thought he was something. Is this not the great Babylon that I have built? He's a big man, like the big statue that he sees. But your kingdom will crumble. You will fall. You may not be royalty, but if you're like most humans, you like to think that you have a certain level of control over your life. However big your domain is, you take pride in every success. And when hardship comes your way, you try to dig your way out with the little strength that you have. As Pastor Danny continues our study in 2 Peter, we're reminded of our complete lack of power. Even presidents, kings, or prime ministers are subject to the king of kings and can lose their position in the blink of an eye. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of 2 Peter chapter 3 with today's edition of The Living Word. Verse 1, 2 Peter chapter 3. Dear friends, this is now my second letter to you. I've written both of them as reminders to stimulate you to wholesome thinking. Uh, It means to arouse your mind by way of remembrance. I want you to recall, verse 2, the words spoken in the past by the holy prophets and the command given by our Lord and Savior through your apostles. So we've got to pause there just for a minute because he's saying, I want you to recall. First of all, I want you to recall the words spoken in the past by the holy prophets. So put a marker right there in 2 Peter and go with me and let's take a little prophetic tour starting with Isaiah. Find Isaiah in the Old Testament. When you find Isaiah, go to chapter 13. Chapter 13, just some sample verses. Now, Isaiah, it's a large prophetic book. He has a lot to say. And the basic emphasis of his message is uh, judgment is coming, and if you don't repent, you're in trouble. But in light of that message, there's also another message. But look, chapter 16 or chapter 13, uh, verse 6 wail, for the day of the Lord is near. It'll come like a destruction from the Almighty. Because of this, all hands will go limp. Every man's heart will melt. Terror will seize them. Pain and anguish will grip them. They will writhe like a woman in labor. They'll look aghast at each other. Their faces aflame. See, the day of the Lord is coming, a cruel day with wrath and fierce anger to make the land desolate and destroy the sinners within it. The stars of heaven and their constellations will not show their light. The rising sun will be darkened. The moon will not give its light. I will punish the world for its evil, the wicked for their sins. Verse 13, I'll make the heavens tremble. The earth will shake from its place at the wrath of the Lord Almighty in the day of his burning anger. Those are sobering words. Those are warnings. Judgment is coming. But while there are those words, you go back to Isaiah chapter 2, and you have quite a different message. This message is for those who will heed the warning, repent, and be saved. Look what it says. 
Verse 2, chapter 2. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as chief among the mountains. It will be raised above the hills, and all nations will stream to it. Many peoples will come and say, come, let's go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways so that we may walk in his paths. The law will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He will judge between the nations and will settle disputes for many people, something no politician is able to do presently. They will beat their swords into plowshares, their spears into pruning hooks. Catch this. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. For those who will repent, there's a glorious future ahead. You might be familiar with Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9, beginning in verse 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. He'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. For those who repent, glorious future ahead. You turn to the right, you go past Isaiah, next stop, the prophet Jeremiah. When you find Jeremiah, go to Jeremiah chapter 3. Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 17. At that time they will call Jerusalem the throne of the Lord. And all nations will gather in Jerusalem to honor the name of the Lord. No longer will they follow the stubbornness of their evil hearts. It's a new day. But the context that that's set in is, again, a lot of words of warning. A lot of judgment is coming. But for those who repent, good news. As a matter of fact, (laughs) Jeremiah chapter 33 and verse 15. In those days and at that time, I'll make a righteous branch sprout from David's line. That's Messiah. That's Christ. He'll do what is just and right in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved. Jerusalem will live in safety. This is the name by which it'll be called. The Lord, our righteousness. Those words, again, in the context of a lot of warning. Judgment is coming. You need to repent. Well, you turn right. You go past Jeremiah. And the next stop, past Lamentations, is the prophet Ezekiel. When you find Ezekiel, go all the way to Ezekiel chapter 33. Ezekiel 33, verse 11. And let me just say, Ezekiel is writing also, and a lot of what he has to say, words of warning, judgment is coming, you need to repent, you need to be saved. Ezekiel 33, verse 11. Say to them, as surely as I live, declares the sovereign Lord, I take no delight in the pleasure, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but rather that they turn from their ways and live. Turn. Turn from your evil ways. Why will you die? God wants you to be saved. Ezekiel chapter 47, which I wish I had the time to read the whole chapter in 47. Let me just tell you what it says. Ezekiel sees a vision of the future, the glorious future for those who repent and are saved. There's a river coming from the temple where Jesus is ruling and reigning there in Jerusalem. A river that gets deeper and deeper. Verse 7, he says, when I arrived there, I saw a great number of trees on each side of the river. He said to me, this water flows toward the eastern region, goes down into the Arabah where it enters the sea. That is the Dead Sea. The Dead Sea. Right now, the Dead Sea, nothing lives in the Dead Sea. That's why they call it the Dead Sea. There's coming a day when this river that flows from the temple 
will go down and flow into the Dead Sea. And if you read the rest of it, it says that when it flows into the Dead Sea, the water becomes fresh. And listen, the fish, verse 10, will be of many kinds, like the fish of the great sea. That's the Mediterranean. So the water becomes fresh, but it has saltwater fish in it. I can't wait. It says there'll be fishermen on both sides of the Dead Sea, and they're going to be fishing and catching, and it's going to be glorious. (laughs) I can't wait. But only those who repent have that glorious hope and that glorious fishing experience. You go past Ezekiel and you stop next at Daniel. When you find Daniel, go to Daniel chapter 2. Let me tell you what's happening here. Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, has a dream. It troubles him. He wants to know what the dream means. Nobody can tell him until Daniel is brought before him. And God gives Daniel the interpretation of the dream. Verse 31, Daniel chapter 2. Daniel says, you looked, O king, and there before you stood a large statue. An enormous, dazzling statue, awesome in appearance. The head was made of gold, chest and arms of silver, belly and thighs of bronze, legs of iron, feet partly of iron, partly of baked clay. While you were watching the statue, a rock was cut out, but not by human hands. It struck the statue on its feet of iron and clay and smashed them, and the whole thing comes tumbling down. The rock cut out, but not by human hands, is Christ. The interpretation of the dream... Neb, you're the head of gold. You're the king of Babylon. And boy, he thought he was something. Is this not the great Babylon that I have built? He's a big man, like the big statue that he sees. But your kingdom will crumble. You will fall. Another kingdom will rise. And that kingdom will then fall. And then another kingdom will rise. And then another kingdom will rise. And ultimately, all those kingdoms will be smashed by the rock cut out, but not by human hands, Christ. And he will set up a kingdom that will endure forever and ever and ever and ever. Look in the middle, verse 44, it'll crush all those kingdoms, bring them to an end, but it will itself endure forever. Middle of verse 45, the great God has shown the king what will take place in the future. The dream is true, and the interpretation is trustworthy. Now, go to Daniel chapter 7. Let me tell you what happens here. Daniel has a dream that's very troubling. He sees four beasts. The first, verse 4, was like a lion. The second, verse 5, was like a bear. The third, verse 6, was like a leopard. And the fourth, verse 7, Before me was a fourth beast, terrifying, frightening, very powerful, had large iron teeth. It crushed and devoured its victims, trampled underfoot whatever was left. It was different from all the former beasts, and it had ten horns. And as he's thinking about the ten horns, he sees another horn come up from within them. That's Antichrist. That's all we have for today on The Living Word. If you have any questions for us about what you heard from Pastor Danny's study in 2 Peter, or if you'd like us to pray for you, please email us. Our address is info at ccfstpete.church. That's info at ccfstpete.church. 
You can connect with us on social media as well. Find The Living Word on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter and jump into the conversations there. Find links to all of these at our website, ccfstpete.church. And if you happen to be in the St. Petersburg area, we want to meet you. Every message you hear on The Living Word comes from a teaching Pastor Danny has shared at Calvary Chapel Fellowship, and you're invited to join us for our weekly services. Our church is filled with imperfect people being made holy by our perfect Creator, and we know that you'll fit right in. Join us Saturday at 6 p.m. or Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. to worship God, read His Word, and get to know each other better. Find directions at our website. Again, that's ccfstpete.church. With that, our time with you has officially come to an end. We'd like to leave you with the words of 2 Peter 3.17 as we pray that you continue to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of The Living Word.